Hello, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. It's not how you start, but how you finish. We are your co-hosts, Solomon and Jamila Jefferson. We want you all to know, no matter the cards we've been dealt in life or the mistakes we've made, we will not allow our past to determine our future. We welcome our guest, Sister Lauren Bird, to share some of her story and journey impacted by HIV and how she is serving others through her business love, Perseverance. Welcome, Sister Lauren. Hey, everyone. How you doing? I'm good. How are you guys today? Awesome. Thanks. Can you briefly share a little bit about yourself personally and professionally? Sure. My name is Lauren Bird. I'm founder of Love Perseveres, inspirational mobile app and clothing brand. I'm a mother. Um, With my brand, we give daily inspiration, weekly scriptures, and we also encourage you through everything we do. So our clothing, jewelry, devotionals, you're going to get some type of Jesus-inspired message behind it. I love it. What have you learned about yourself living with HIV? Well, one of the things that I learned is that I had to put myself first. There was a time in my life where even, you know, us as mothers, as women, we're always doing stuff for other people. But for that moment, I had to put myself first. I had to put my health first. And I had to stop in the relationships that I was in, you know, not doing what I really wanted and to learn how to love on myself. I'm so glad you shared that because I could relate when I was a lot younger due to like my self-esteem being low and not understanding how to love myself. I put other people first. and so. I look at like your diagnosis, like God intervening and saying, nope, you got to put yourself first. It's like, you know, I think about the oxygen mask, like when you take a flight, they say we had to put it on ourselves first before we put it on anyone else. So wow, that's thank good. you for sharing that. I liked it the way you put it. And that's exactly what they say. You can't save somebody else first before you save yourself. Listen, that's good. How was your spiritual journey prior to your status of being HIV positive and where are you on your current journey? So I always grew up in the church. Look, I was born in the church in my mother's stomach. <laughs> I always was in the church, but I think my relationship, when I think I know my relationship got better with Christ with my diagnosis because I had no choice at that period of time. I was talking to God. I was mad with the world. I was having conversations with the Lord, like you brought me this far to like lead me this way. So I felt as though during that time, my relationship really got closer with God. I started reading love devotionals because I realized that as I was saying earlier, I put everyone else first, but I really needed to learn what love truly was. So right now my relationship is closer with God because I had to put them first and I kind of really know what a relationship is. I know before, you know, you speak about God, but just really having that relationship, learning about him, reading his word and just spending time with him. And again, just to add to that, I could so relate because I grew up in a church as well, but it was religion, right? It wasn't like a relationship and I had my like moment where I was sick of being sick and tired. And that's when my heart was open and ready. Like, Lord, this I'm all in. And it's such a difference, religion versus a relationship with Jesus Christ. So thank you. Definitely can agree with that. Mm. So what led you to go public with your status? And how long has it been when you decided to go public about your status? So it took me... About six to eight, I can't remember exactly, at least six, six years 
crazy, right? Like the only people who knew was my closest friends and my boyfriend. I didn't tell my parents, like no one knew. And I think part of the reason was I wasn't ashamed of my status, but I knew the stigma behind it and what other people felt about people like us who have an HIV diagnosis. I knew the ignorance of people and what they thought. And because one of the reasons was I worked in the healthcare field and me, myself, being a healthcare worker, teaching other people about HIV, I was ignorant as well. I remember having a patient who had HIV and I remember everybody saying, you got to draw her blood, you got to do her blood. I'm like, well, why do I have to do it? And I think about it to this day because look how God humbles you. You never know what you'll have to go through. So I know how it feels. I know how people look at you without really being educated. So I think that's what took me so long this year. And not only that, I didn't want to worry my mother, have her thinking I'm going to die, which I know I wasn't. But of course, that's what I thought as well when I first was diagnosed with this. So I just kept it to myself. And then finally, God kept waning on my heart to speak about it. And I'm like, is that really God telling me to speak about it? No, no, he ain't say that. And then other people came to me, like different prophets and confirming what I already knew. And I was like, okay, God, I'm going to share. And when I finally did, it was a weight lifted off my shoulder because I could be myself. I could be free. It didn't matter what other people thought about me because I already said it. What more can you say about me that I already said about myself? So now I can be free with myself and not walking around with this burden. So that's what I did. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, I can relate to that because I was diagnosed, I think it was May of 85. So this may be 37 years for me. And I didn't tell no one immediately, you know, it might have been my parents. But I think a few years went by and I started sharing it with uh, my brother and my sisters. And not too long after that, uh, I guess my brother was diagnosed with it. So I became like a, I don't know, an advocate for him because he didn't understand. He didn't know anything about it. So today I'm open about it. Like you said, but I did come open with it. It's like a thousand pounds this week was released. And like you said, it wasn't my thing about me being afraid of my diagnosis. It was the stigma other people, you know, because I knew how people reacted to people positive with HIV. And it mostly comes before because of ignorance. People just don't know. Definitely. Definitely can agree with it. People are just uneducated and unaware. And, you know, the stigma they put behind it, like it's a death sentence. But I thank God how far we came and how much things have changed since then. Now, to add to that, when I was first diagnosed in 85, from 85 to about 92, a lot of my friends passed on because unfortunately for them, they wasn't taking the medicine. And back then, they had some AZT, they, they came up with these viruses. But now, because of technology, because of modern medicine, one pill will do it. Yeah, I'm like, I'm glad I wasn't born back that far back. <laughs> Because things have definitely changed since then. But the stigma's still there. Yes, it is. But, you know, I thank God that y'all are like stigma breakers in a way, because just to see y'all's lives and others that we know that are doing so well, it's just like, to God be the glory. 
And the more we continue to talk about it and have conversations about it and things of that nature, it breaks the stigma, you know? So I just thank God for y'all. Like, praise his holy name. So being a mother to a young child, when you learn about your status, how was that for you? And where are you now on this journey? So for me, I think my daughter was like five or six at the time. So I was really like upset. I'm like, again, thinking it was going to be a death sentence because that's what you think about with HIV for me at the time. And I just was like, oh, my God, who's going to take care of my daughter? What am I going to do? You know, I was thinking of all these thoughts in my head. But as I was saying, at the time, I worked for Planned Parenthood and I educated others about safe sex, teaching people all these things that I did not follow. and. I was lucky to have a good advocate there who taught me about this is not the end. You still can live your life, sharing with me the years that he was HIV positive. And that put a better light in my path, knowing that I would get through this. And from then, I just wanted to know the next steps of what I could do to get better because I knew I had a daughter. I had a daughter to take care of. And I was a single mother and I was like, I'll do anything I have to do to get back on track because I have to be here for my daughter. Praise God. So what about you with your uh, kids? Well, to be honest with you, uh, my kids didn't find out until late because when I told my children, they were adult because like I said, I was diagnosed way back in 80, 85 and my daughter was born in 82 and my son was born in 84. So obviously I, I didn't get into that with them until probably in the late nineties, you know, when it, it was uh, almost young adults at the time, but I set them both down together and told them, you know, that uh, I'd rather from hear it from me than hear it in the street because people had their thoughts because, you know, people start to talk. And people you don't think know it may know it because when you tell somebody nine times out of 10, back then news like that traveled. People say, oh, I ain't going to tell nobody, which I didn't mind it, no way, but it got out and eventually it got out to a whole lot of other people that I didn't know it got out to, but it didn't bother me because most importantly, I found out that my children was okay with it. My immediate family was okay with it. And so ain't too much else I can say about that because I just thank God that he allowed me to uh, disclose it to the people at the right time and at the right place. I was going to say, too, so my daughter was six at the time, but I did talk to her about it when she was about 11 or 12. My daughter is now 15, so she is aware of my status. And I agree with what he said as well, because I don't want her to find out on the street. So I did want her to know and be aware And also, so she can know, you know, when you're out here and if somebody is making fun of someone with HIV, let her have a better understanding, knowing your your mother has this too. So, Right, right, right. And just to add to that, when I told my daughter and my son, they really didn't accept it right away. I mean, they they, they quit playing, quit playing. No, I'm not playing. This is, I wouldn't joke about this. So really, and my daughter to this day, somewhat still in denial. But she knows it, but she don't know it. Wow. Yeah, and I'm so glad what I'm hearing from you all is that it's timing and, you know, it's led by what you all felt comfortable when you all felt the need to share. So that's awesome. So what can you share with someone who may have recently been diagnosed with HIV that can give them hope? So what I can share is that your life is not over. You can live a healthy life being diagnosed with HIV. 
you probably are most healthier than others who are diagnosed with other diseases. Because a lot of times people want to stigmatize people with HIV, but there's other things out in this world that you could have. Hepatitis B, just all types of diseases. And we sometimes just try to count out others with HIV, but you can live a healthy life as long as you take your medicine like you're supposed to and just take care of yourself and put yourself first. And y'all are true witnesses and true like testimonies, you and others that we know. Like, I love how you shared that. Like, just take care of yourself and do what you have to do. And one thing that I do with my status is people who don't know me and I'm trying to minister to them, I say what I need to say, let them say what they need to say. And let them know that, yes, I've been positive since 1985. I got HIV. They say, oh, no, you don't. As if I'm supposed to look a certain way or act a certain way because I'm HIV. But I use it part of my testimony because one thing I found out is that, like I said earlier, I'm going on 37 years. So if you take care of yourself and do what you're supposed to do, God will keep you. Certain things you have to eat. You know, you see your doctor, take your medicine, drink plenty of water. And for me, I stay in the word of God. I agree to that. Yeah, praise God. Did you want to share anything, uh, Sister Lauren? No, I would just piggyback off of that. I agree. Like staying in the word, I think that's pretty much that keeps you sane because not just with HIV, just the things of the world, you have to keep your mind in tune. You know, you got to listen to encouraging stuff. You are what you say. So you got to feed yourself with positive things and encouragement around you. And that's what the Bible is a whole, that's a whole book of medicine itself. So I agree. And just to add to that, this is my personal opinion. My perspective is that if I had not got saved in 1999 and changed my lifestyle, I don't know where I would be at today, but thanks be to God, since I've been doing what God has called me to do for these last 22 years, I think that has also helped sustain me. I agree. I don't know where I would be. Even with sharing um, the testimony of HIV, I feel like we all are called for a purpose. And this is a part of our purpose, sharing our stories so that we can be able to help others because it's not only helping others, it's helping us also in the process. Yeah. What are some ways you are giving back and serving others based on your status that you, in addition to what you've already shared? So for me, I'm sharing my testimony really helped change my life. So I started Testimony Tuesdays. That's something I do on Instagram where I get other guests to share their testimonies. So that's my way of giving back because I feel like everyone's story is important, no matter what story that you share. You never know what someone is going through who may can relate to what you're going through. And your story can change someone's life. So that's what I do. I share. We do Testimony Tuesdays is sharing stories. So I think that is so important. Praise the Lord. And for me, other than giving my testimony, if I get the chance or when I do get the chance to share, like, for example, not too long ago, I got a chance to share on a forum telling people how long that I've been HIV because 37 years is a lot of time of carrying this disease. And I don't mind telling people that God is able to keep you if you want to be kept. And like I said, God has been keeping me with this virus for 37 years, and I've been undetectable for about 20. 
So I just thank God for all he's doing for me. And Sister Laura and uh, Sunny Solomon, can y'all share a little bit before we get ready to close about the undetectable part? So undetectable is you equals you. So pretty much as we were saying before, if you take your medication every day, consistently, you can become undetectable. That's when where they can't, you have a low viral load and you can't pass this virus to someone else as long as you're taking your medication. And in common English, it means that the virus, the cells in, in your body is not carrying the virus. Right. Basically. Thank God. Thank you, Jesus. To God be the glory. So can you please share some resources, practical tools that can also include, if led, to do so scriptures or a scripture that are helpful to those impacted by what we've been discussing so far? So I know for me, even with starting my brand, Love Perseveres, that was the time, the time when I got diagnosed, just learning how to love myself. And a scripture, which is the scripture that I'm going to read, is based on my brand as well, that really taught me how to love myself is 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. And it's love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. So I really love that scripture because it really stuck out to me when I was going through just like, wow, this all the stuff you've been through, it's not love. Love does not hurt. Like it says, it always perseveres. So I, I really love that scripture. And I think that'll get you through a lot of things, knowing the way you should be treated and how God's love really is. And I'm so glad you keep talking about love, like the love that God honors versus like how I know or was mistaken or ignorant to like what I thought love was. And so I love it. Praise his holy name. And the scripture that I always lean on is Matthew 633. Oh, I like that one. You know, even with my health, I seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all things will be added unto you. And what that means to me is, for these last 37 years, I ain't always been on the up and narrow way serving God. I haven't. I got saved in 1999. So 14 years before I got saved, I was carrying this virus. And God kept me. But when I changed over and started serving God, that's when the transformation started. That's when I became undetectable. That's when my skin started to get clear. That's when my body started to get strong. That's when everything started to change. And I thank God for that. So seek God and God will do the rest. I agree with that. So this has been such a blessing. Praise his holy name. I've been so blessed by all that we have been talking about and what I've been hearing. So we're going to get ready to close. So before we do any closing comments and thoughts before we have you share your information. As we were discussing, just keep God first and just know that to love yourself as love is patient, love is kind. And if you're not getting any of those things, that's not what love is. So refer back to the scripture, 1 Corinthians 13, 4, 7, to truly know what you should be looking for 
because that's what God says love is. Praise God. Anything you want to share? Yeah, I, I got a slight closing comment. Just know that uh, most importantly, you are not alone. There's thousands of people who are walking around here every day, just like myself, HIV positive. We're living normal lives. We're doing everything that God has called us to do. And most importantly, we keep our eyes on the prize. Amen. I just wanted to add before we close and uh, have you share your information that as I was preparing for our discussion, I came across uh, some information. It was on hashtag ask the HIV doc. She's an African-American woman provider. And it says, why are black women at higher risk of HIV? And it came out around March of 2018. As you all probably know that African-American women were more likely to have HIV compared to white women. I think uh, she had mentioned one in five HIV affections occur among like African, among women. And the majority of these women are, excuse me, African-American, even though she was saying that African-American women tend to have fewer sexual partners and they tend to use protection more. The reason why they end up contracting the virus more so than Caucasian women is because she had mentioned that there is tends to be more HIV in the zip code. Right. In the community. I did read about that. So did you, did y'all want to speak on that a little bit? I did a class about HIV and I do remember the studies, just the stuff that goes on, I guess, in the communities and our urban communities, just the activities, the parties and different stuff going on that just more likely to contract the disease because like you said, more people in that area um, has it than the other like suburban communities. Okay. I didn't know. Thank you for sharing that. So again, like being proactive, what would you share to people regarding awareness and protection? Because you just don't know. No, well, I can speak for me. When I found out that I, it was after the fact, when I found out that I was HIV positive, I mean, for me, I just shut it down. For years, this went by, I just shut it down. And I didn't want to pass that thing to nobody else. I didn't feel like telling everybody what I was doing or that I had HIV at that time because of the stigmas and people would look at you like you're crazy or they would be uh, refrained from you at the time. So I just didn't tell everybody that I was HIV, but also I protected myself and I didn't. I just shut it down. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have sex. Right. I just didn't do it. So I would just say too, like people think you have to be sleeping around with several partners to contract this disease. I was in a relationship with a partner and I was tested and this person, me trusting people, that's a whole nother story for another conversation, you know, trusting someone before you trust yourself, as I was talking about earlier, not loving myself, believing what other people would say. So this partner told me that they were tested and they really weren't tested. But you can't trust anyone is what I'm getting to. You know, even if you're in a relationship, you need to practice safe sex. And for me, Solomon shutting it down. I am been celibate going on three and a half years now. And I believe that it's for a married couple. That's just my opinion. But if that's not what you want to do, what I would suggest is, you know, protect yourself. Make sure you and your partners tested, go together. Don't go 
believing by word of mouth go together, you know, see the results together. You have to put yourself first. That that is so true, sister. I'm glad you shared that because that's wisdom and that's life-giving. And like, again, I can relate, you know, I was trusting other people before I trusted myself because my self-esteem was so low. But as God continued to allow me to be on this journey, to continue to grow and to mature and to learn, I just give God the glory because God has been and continues to be faithful. So thank you for your transparency. And I thank you. All right. Can you please feel free to share your contact information if you're led to do so at this time? Sure. I just wanted to say also, too, if you're looking for daily inspiration, I have an app. It's called Love Perseveres. You can also shop the Love Perseveres brand where we give you ministry through clothing. So everything we do is to encourage you through ministry. And you can, again, download it. It's free for Apple and Android users. You can shop with us at loveperseveresapp.com. And you can find me on all platforms at Love Perseveres. Amen. I love it. I love my like gear. I just I'm looking forward to more. I love the devotionals too. I just give God the glory how God has continued to allow God's will in y'all's lives with this diagnosis. It's not defining you all. I mean, look at God. God is so faithful in allowing all to have blossomed. Had you all not been diagnosed, y'all wouldn't be where y'all are and okay. doing what y'all are doing to God be the glory. So I love my here. It's so convenient and it feels so good. So y'all shop love perseverance is unto the Lord to God be glory. Thank you. All right. So we just thank you for this time. We continue to pray God's blessings on you, your family, all that it is that you do, your business for the kingdom of God. We thank God for your life. We thank God for your story. We love you, our sister in Christ. And keep doing what you're doing, sister. Love you too. Thank you as well. God bless. God bless. So no matter the cards we've been dealt in life or the mistakes we have made, it does not define who we are or where we are going. It is just a part of our story and the journey that God has us on to not only learn from these different experiences, but to sometimes be able to help support, encourage, and inspire others who may be going through similar situations. My husband and I have learned this to be true because of our different life experiences, which have led us in wanting to continue to share our story along with others to know it is not how you start, but how you finish.